I think it's even more relevant now that when people start traveling again, that they're looking at different things. The motivation is slightly different and the takeaway that they want from a trip is essential. It's about purposeful travel and you come back in a better place physically, mentally, spiritually, your own belief set than you did before you left. And a lot of these sustainable practices really, really contribute to that sense of achievement and taking something away. So I'm full of optimism around how this is going, absolutely. Hi, I'm Kelly Edwards, and this is Let's Go Together, a podcast from Travel and Leisure about the ways travel connects us and what happens when you don't let anything stop you from seeing the world. For this episode, I'll be taking a little break from hosting duties and throwing it to Jacqueline Gifford, Travel and Leisure's amazing editor-in-chief. We'll be joining Jackie as she holds a conversation with Neil Jacobs, the CEO of Six Senses Hotels, Resorts, and Spas in Singapore, a 2021 Global Vision Award winner with Travel and Leisure. Jackie speaks with Neil about the initiatives that Six Senses had implemented to achieve sustainability and the roles that resorts like Six Senses can play in not only protecting the environment, but also the local community in which they operate. And now, over to you, Jackie. Hello, everyone. My name is Jackie Gifford, and I am the Editor-in-Chief of Travel and Leisure. Thanks for joining me on the latest episode of Let's Go Together. I want to wind us back to the spring of 2020. When the coronavirus began its devastating march across the globe, it was the biggest pause the known world had ever seen. Airplanes were grounded, cars were halted, people were stuck indoors. But that didn't mean that life stopped for us all. As we humans sat at home, captivated by our screens, the animals came out to play. Birds showed up in the normally busy canals of Venice. Cougars were on the streets of Santiago, Chile, and the air became clearer, crisper, and sweeter in normally crowded cities like Mumbai, New York, and London. While we slowed down, our impact on the planet was on full display. This is a lesson that we never asked to take or witness, but we have nonetheless. Going forward as travelers, it is critical to think about our impact on the environment. This movement was gaining steam before the pandemic, but it's been accelerated in the past year. You can't ask people to stop traveling. I actually believe there is a more conscious way forward, and joining me today is someone who believes that conscious travel can be woven into a brand's DNA. Neil Jacobs is the CEO of Six Senses Hotels Resort Spas, a company that has 17 hotels across the globe from Amman to the Maldives, Portugal to Fiji. Neil and his team recently won a Travel and Leisure 2021 Global Vision Award for taking strides in responsible travel and sustainable living. I should also add that Neil was a panelist for Global Vision, nominating other companies, but this was in no way a conflict of interest as he was nominated by other panelists. And he had no idea. So Neil is here joining me from Singapore. Hello, Neil. How are you? <laughs> Fine, Jackie. Good to hear you. Neil, talk to me about the word sustainable. By definition, as an adjective, it means this, capable of being supported or upheld as by having its weight borne from below 
or pertaining to a system that maintains its own viability by using techniques that allow for continual reuse. So I know that sounds wordy. That's the real definition. I'm a wordsmith. I like to look at the real definition of things. Let's be honest. In practice for travelers, the word sustainable starts to take on all these other meanings or connotations. It's like this holier-than-thou mentality, slightly crunchy, not fun. But the reality is sustainability is a good thing. But the other reality is people somehow think that they're sacrificing something when they travel by buying into sustainable tourism and sustainable brands. So what does sustainability mean to you? Well, it's a great question to open this chat. As you know, Six Senses has had a sustainability agenda for coming up to 30 years now. So this is really not new to us. And there's so much rhetoric around it and there's so much different conversation and it means so many things to different people but the way we look at it and we try and break it down into its integral parts but for us it's about how we build properties how we operate properties and and how we engage with both community and our guests in basically community outreach and how we engage our guests in all those aspects of what we believe sustainability to be about. Neil, when did you start with Six Senses? Set the stage for everybody listening because Six Senses has evolved, it's changed, it's growing, it's going on. I know sustainability has been at the core of the brand, but when did you actually sign on? Well, I joined a group that bought Six Senses in 2012. I was living in New York at the time. I, I was launching a couple of new fabulous brands, one called Baccarat, one, one Hotels, that also has a position around sustainability. But the opportunity came up. To, to be part of the group that bought it. And having lived in Asia for so many years prior to that with Four Seasons, I, I'd known a lot about Six Senses and felt that there was huge opportunity to grow the company beyond what it was back then, which was a lovely little resort group, predominantly in Southeast Asia. But what attracted me to it was really the fact that there was such a strong narrative with the group and you know I'd kind of spent all of my life in I'd call it traditional luxury and was kind of of the feeling that everything was becoming very very homogenous and a little bit samey and and I just wanted to do something that perhaps had a little more purpose to it that uh, did have this strong narrative and Six Senses seemed like a great opportunity to to grow a brand globally and really focus very much on both sustainability and wellness. So that's what attracted me to it. So I moved back to Asia from New York at the end of 2012 and uh, the rest kind of is history so on. How do you weave environmentally friendly business practices into a hotel brand? I think a lot of people don't realize it's not easy, number one. Number two, it has to be something you really get behind. But the thing that you've really been doing along is building and growing and looking at the big picture. And I want to encourage people who are maybe building their own companies right now that you can start with one thing and grow it. It doesn't have to be all or nothing, that, that good ideas start small and then get bigger and go from there. I think it's baby steps. And 
Anything anyone does has impact. Not every move has to be a huge move. And uh, over time, you, you'll get your business to, to behave in the appropriate manner. But fundamentally, it's about the DNA of a group. And unless the leadership or the ownership of a particular hotel or hotel group really genuinely cares about it and, and genuinely drives an agenda through through its employees, it probably won't work too well. So it has to come from the top and you have to demonstrate. And as I say, it can be in small things. I mean, everybody today is talking about eliminating plastic straws, for example. Well, okay, you know, it would seem like to many an obvious thing to do. But if that's where people need to start today, then that's where they should start and be honest and be authentic about it and really drive the agenda. We, for example, have never had and don't permit plastic water bottles at all. So they don't exist in our world, nor do we um, ship water overseas, so you can't get a Perrier or a San Pellegrino at a Six Senses property just because we don't want to be shipping water all over the world. So sometimes we get irate guests, but when we show them what we do and how we're making our own water and how we have very sophisticated reverse osmosis plants that create that for you, the guests kind of tend to buy into what we're doing. So it's all about creating culture. Again, another point, we allocate half a percent of our revenue to sustainable practice. And that money stays in the jurisdiction where it is earned. So we're not moving money around the world. And it's there to engage with community and, and work with initiatives that really do benefit the jurisdiction or the country or the village where, where we tend to operate. And that becomes a very guest-engaged moment. They get very involved. I mean, I know you, you, know, you love to hear numbers, but for example, with our sustainable activities that we engaged in during 2020, we had about 4,200 guests very, very engaged, whether it would be a beach cleanup or going to visit a local school and, and doing work for the local school or helping provide clean water as we do in uh, one of our properties in Thailand to local community. The fact that we would get so much engagement from our customers who are there to relax and rejuvenate and regenerate is just fabulous. And, and just supports the fact that sustainability is here to stay. The train has left the station and people are becoming more and more engaged. I think the train has totally left the station. I think people really do care. Plastics, you brought it up. Yeah. A lot of hotel companies, a lot of travel companies have been focusing on plastics. Frankly, rightly so. Microplastics are a huge issue. They show up in everything from the oceans to our own bodies. Plastic is a problem. Your company has set a highly ambitious goal of eliminating plastics in all in all 17 properties by 2022. 
that's a worthy goal. I know why you're doing it, but I think if you could walk us through the concrete steps that you're taking to eliminate plastics, it would be helpful. And also, where are plastics showing up in hotel rooms and across the property that people might not even expect? Yeah. Well, if I take that last piece first, plastic shows up everywhere. Given our position on sustainability, we kind of had down the guest room stuff because that was the most obvious or the guest facing materials are a lot easier to handle than the supply chain aspect of this. So, you know, when you, as we do, uh, some remote exotic destinations, when the fisherman shows up in Kondao uh, in, in Vietnam, in the morning with fresh fish and it's all packed into styrofoam or, or nasty plastic crates. It's about how do we educate local community to buy into our plastic-free initiatives. So, you know, in the beginning, we, we would send it back. Local communities would think we were crazy at some point, so we wouldn't take the uh, the goods. We then end up providing containers that they had to wash and bring back. So the difficult part is absolutely supply chain. How we started this was about three or four years ago. It was a crazy goal. It's like, how are we going to achieve it? It's it's almost impossible. But we started to break that down too. And every property did a full inventory of every single item of plastic that existed in that property, front of house and back of house, as I just explained. And that was really our baseline. So over the last couple of years, two to three years, every six months we're going back, we're repeating, we're looking at what's been eliminated. I mean, a crazy thing, you know, that in kitchens, all chefs today want to cook um, sous vide because you're maintaining the nutritional aspect of the food, it's staying moist. It's a great way to cook, other than the fact that you're doing it in a plastic bag. So we would go in and tell our very accomplished chefs throughout the system that they had to stop cooking like that. I mean, this was a disaster. What do we do? I said, I don't know what you do, but people cooked without plastic bags long before they cooked with plastic bags. So we need to find a way through it. So just in the kitchen, the amount of plastic that would show up, whether it's containers and storage of items in fridges. So it's been a real re-education process throughout. But we, at this point, and it's interesting, are probably around 60% reduced from where we were three years ago. And then at the end of the last year, we worked with a student group out of Lausanne Hotel School, students in their last year that have to engage in interesting projects, they're called Capstone Group. And they basically came back to us and we asked them to evaluate really where we were in our elimination. And they came back and told us that 80% of what, what remained to be eliminated was made up of 18 items, 
generally around the system. We've created this kind of initiative through the group that mirrors a, a U.S. cowboy type approach, and, and we've called it the 18 Most Unwanted. And we have posters around hotels and training around this and so on. Do you have any idea what the number one offender would be of the 18? So I have a guess. It's not straws, I think. It's not straws? No. I know from staying at hotel rooms quite frequently, at least a couple of years ago, I did, not this year. But is it the plastic pods that you would put in a Nespresso or coffee machine? Yeah, it's up there. It's up there in the top three, actually. Or shampoo bottles, maybe? Shampoo? Yeah, but we've never had those, ever, actually. I'll tell you a story about those in a minute. But the top three are indeed the coffee capsules, toothbrush and accessories, which you kind of didn't think about. So we moved to like bamboo toothbrushes now. And then obviously, as I mentioned, food containers and storage things back of house. So, but when you break it down to 18 items and the focus is on those 18, it really uh, energizes us because now it almost feels like it's an achievable goal. And it's not really about eliminating 100%. You know, clearly that's the goal. But frankly, if we get to 90%, if we get to 85%, it's just the process around it. And we move on to something else. IHG, about 18, just pre-COVID, were one of the first to announce, or one of the first of the large strategic hotel groups, that they will eliminate in their 6,000 plus hotels, plastic amenity bottles. So the, the champagne, uh, the shampoo and conditioner bottles. And well, I hope they're not eliminating the champagne. They better not eliminate it. No, the champagne is staying. <laughs> that would not be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the champagne is staying. I think it's important to understand that that's a major commitment from a corporation to say... A major commitment. And IHG is a global power. So, I mean, obviously, Six Senses is too, but when you look at your footprint compared to IHG, yeah. you're part of a larger corporation. So that's a pretty big stake in the ground for them. It was a big deal. But they believe, and we've done the math on it, that they will say, once complete, close to 200 million of those little bottles a year. I mean, when you actually put the number to it, I mean, even we were going, wow. I mean, that's like huge. It's huge. So we were pretty proud of that, you know, to be associated. As you should be. And I think we have to acknowledge that with the pandemic, single-use plastic consumption Mm. is actually on the rise. We had taken all these strides. And another thing I am concerned about is masks. They're critical, but also people use them and then throw them away. I've been reading stories about how here in the United States at our national parks, there's just masks littering the ground. That's not good. There are things that have happened this year, in some ways, we've taken a little bit of a step back in terms of our plastic consumption. But the goal is to push forward, no? Absolutely. I mean, we see that and we hear that a lot. We, as a company, have tried very hard not to go backwards in any way. And and obviously, hygiene is essential. But we do think there are other ways to do it. We made our own masks. Six Senses have our own masks. We have a pretty 
good way of um, cleaning them and so on and super high temperatures and you know our employees are all wearing them they're available to guests if they want them so i don't know certainly in our world at six senses we don't believe that we've gone backwards even during covid but then that is very much as i said a huge part of our dna but certainly um, the world is caring a little bit less because of covid but i think that will change after the break Jackie asked Neil about engaging the local community in sustainability efforts, his thoughts on the accomplishments of other leaders in the field, and how Sixth Senses is educating the next generation in sustainability best practices. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to Let's Go Together from Travel and Leisure. We pick up where we left off. When we think about the word sustainability again and sustainable going back to our original definition, we also need to look at community you've touched on it a little bit, it's not just about the environmental side of things. It's about making sure that communities are able to sustain themselves, to thrive, to build something, a great foundation, frankly, for the future. So when you look at a specific Six Senses property, what is the connection between your brand and the surrounding community? And how does that work together? How, how do these two things work together? Well, for us, and not just us, there are others that do great jobs too, but uh, it's critical. And the way we tend to work is given the money that we raise through our sustainability fund, we then allow each hotel or each property to recommend to us corporately where they want to spend the money. So we're not telling them what to do, but we're definitely weighing in and guiding. So the beauty of that is that each property and each community has has its different needs. So whatever we're doing becomes particularly relevant for that place. In Sixensis Yaonoi in Thailand, Phuket, we partnered with a group called Imagine Thailand, and we collectively have installed and maintained water filters across the whole island and we've hit about 105,000 community members and given them access to clean drinking water. It's a big deal. In Kokrabai, which is in Cambodia, we have an island just off the uh, coast of Sihanoukville. We work with community basically to clean up the community because it's in was in a really bad, bad place. And um, in 2020, in that particular village, we collected and disposed of over a ton of trash, doing it kind of 
once a month with them. We're engaging, we're, we're teaching about waste management, we're teaching about plastic, we do that in, in Kondao. The same in Samui, we've gone into schools to lecture around plastic in particular. Because some of these communities, you know, they just don't really have a great sense of, of what they're doing because the educational piece is not there. So that's been a big part. In one other property, we were in an area where there was very, very high unemployment and a lot of kind of 15, 16 year olds who weren't going to school and were just hanging out. We brought them into the property and put them in the carpentry workshop. Because every hotel, particularly on these islands, tends to have a lot of timber that is either broken or it's just lying around there. And rather than throw it away, we took a view that we ought to be repurposing all this old timber. And wouldn't it be great if we could bring in these unemployed young teens to really participate in that? And aside from the sustainable aspect and the repurposing of the materials, it's given these teenagers a huge sense of purpose in their own lives. And, and actually, in many ways, is more important and more heartwarming to us than, than the uh, recycling of the old wood, you know. But again, it comes back to the DNA of an organization because it's hard work, a lot of this stuff. And it takes a real commitment. And if, if that's not there in the leadership, then it's really not going to happen in a meaningful way. So that's the important piece, right? Well, that really is the important piece. What, what other brands and companies do you admire? I think we've talked a lot about great companies, people are doing good work. And this is why we've had you on our panel for Global Vision, because you are a champion of others who believe in this mission. I'd just like for you to share stories of other people who you think are making impact people, companies, places. I'm a great fan of um, Bill Bensley, who, for the listeners, is this crazy American architect, designer, landscape architect who's lived in Thailand for, must be 30 years now. And um, he is an absolute star when it comes to sustainable practice, sustainable construction, and, and how he engages in community. He has a couple of properties in Cambodia and elsewhere that's called Shintamani, and one in particular, Shintamani Wild, which is absolutely extraordinary. But he just does so much for communities in Southeast Asia and ensures that what gets built is built very sustainably. So he's won a bunch of awards as well, but I have a lot of time for Bill. In Africa, I mean, there are a number of great organizations, particularly focused on the conservation aspect, but my favorite is really and beyond, and Joss Kent and his team there, they just do extraordinary things when it comes to animals and conservation of tribal land and so on and so forth. So a great leader in the world and um, a small group that I think may have also won your recent award uh, called Habitas. Yeah, who only have a couple of hotels. And the one that's getting quite a bit of attention is in Tulum. 
but they have big ideas to do more, and they certainly are, are living the, the sustainability ethos and really trying hard. And I think um, that's been recognized. Three young guys who put this company together and uh, are doing really well and expecting to see more things from them. Yeah, I am too. I am too. And and I agree with you wholeheartedly on Just Kent and, and beyond. We've actually done a story recently about their pangolin tracking program that they're running right now in, in South Africa. As I'm sure many people became more familiar with pangolins this year and the illegal wildlife trade because of the coronavirus. What I found really impressive as a visitor, as a guest, when I was reading the story, and again, it's, you know, I'm we're all transported when we're, we're reading good travel stories when we're stuck at home. You get to go along with these incredible researchers and scientists and conservationists and, and see these wild creatures, pangolins, learn about them. What is important is that this is a guest experience that leads to a priceless memory. And truly, I believe we're at an inflection point. I think a lot of people are putting their money behind brands that they think have an eye toward the future. They have a vision. They want to go along for the ride as a consumer. So do you think that people are finally now waking up and putting their money where it really matters? I do. I do. And this isn't just because of COVID. I mean, it was even before. I, I think it certainly, from a guest perspective, comes back to having a greater sense of purpose in a trip that people go on. And it's got to be more than just, you know, a great beach and a comfortable bed and great food and all of that. People are looking for a greater takeaway from an experience. Those that are playing in the luxury segment, they still want it to be upscale and fabulous, but it's not enough anymore. And we're hearing that over and over again. So as I say, I think it was relevant pre-COVID, but I think it's even more relevant now that when people start traveling again, that they're looking at different things, different, the motivation is slightly different and the takeaway that they want from a trip is essential. I mean, you know, the word regenerative is kind of the word of the month. So we're all talking regenerative, but we're only all talking it because it's a really good word and it means something and uh, it's about purposeful travel and you come back in a better place physically, mentally, spiritually, for your own belief set than you did before you left. And a lot of these sustainable practices really, really contribute to that sense of achievement and taking something away. So I'm full of optimism around how this is going. Absolutely. Uh, look, I'm full of optimism, too. I, I've noticed, too, that it's really the younger generation mm -hmm. pushing this mission. So when you look at the programming that Six Senses has developed, you have a great kids program. And I know that as a working mom, as someone who's brought her child along on many trips, just sticking them in a room to play isn't really going to cut it anymore. Kids really want to understand a destination. As a parent, I want them to have a deeper understanding of a destination. And I think the way forward is to get the kids on this train, so to speak, get them excited about sustainability, because then they force the parents to wake up and go, oh my gosh, this is really amazing. We need to protect it, right? For sure. For sure. I mean, we were so fed up with those 
typical kids clubs, you know, that were kind of mindless in many ways. So you're right, we created something probably four years ago, four or five years ago now, called Grow with Six Senses, which is just a completely different take on children's clubs. Every Six Senses does grow a lot of its own food wherever we are. So we have organic gardens everywhere. And a huge part of the kids program is engaging with the organic garden and understanding the nature of food and what they should be eating and actually growing their own food and planting things and taking photographs and, and making it fun. The key is whatever you do, it, it has to be fun. And uh, it's been a, a very well-received program. In the Maldives last year, we did a, a junior marine biology program. And the press we got on it, the reaction we got on it from all our guests and kids, and we've stayed connected to those kids. And in Maldives, we just happened to have on staff, because of, it is the Maldives, uh, two marine biologists, and they took it on and, and just created this incredible content for the youngsters. And aside from anything else, people were booking the hotel as a result of that. They wanted their children to go through it. We put some of it online. So that was great. We also do a lot around wildlife, even though we're not in Africa as such. We're very engaged. And that is amazing for the kids as well. At Six Senses in Ninvam Bay, we, we have this very endangered species of monkey called a, a douce longueur, and there are so few of them in the world. We had about 109. We've tracked them on the property. And, you know, last year, because of all the activities, eight more were born. So we've kind of reversed the extinction process around this monkey. We get very, very involved in these activities. Lots of places, we do a lot around turtle hatching and we track all that. And, and the kids love that, to go out at night or early morning and actually see the turtles hatch. I, I mean, it's, it's stuff like that that is going to turn these children into conservationists and, and an awareness of sustainability and just a desire to participate, which is what you said. So hugely important. I'm smiling because I've done one of those turtle beach hatch <laughs> yeah. moments yeah. and turtle hatch on the beach moments. And it wasn't at a six census, sadly. It was in Georgia at Sea Island. And I brought my son, who was really little at the time. He would only just turn three. But I remember it. And I hope someday he'll say, Mom, I remember you taking me to do that. The pictures were amazing. It was really special. So I do believe that the more we can bring kids along for the ride, the better off we're all going to be. That's an important part of this whole mission. The last question I want to touch on and the last topic is wellness because we all need to get well. This year, everybody's been through a tremendous amount of stress. It's been unimaginable, the loss, the sense of isolation. People are really now just grappling with what they've dealt with and been through over the course of this past year. So how do you envision wellness unfolding at your properties and how do you envision wellness really changing? I think we're all ready for a reset and when we travel, we need to switch off. We, we really need to disconnect. And, and so Six Senses, I think, has a role to play in this new world. Well, however important sustainability is to us and it's up there, wellness is equally as important. 
to us and, and once more it's something we've been doing for a long time. And to us wellness is not spa. Spa is one component of wellness but um, it's a lot more than that and we kind of see a convergence between sustainability and wellness. It's in many ways the same conversation, whether it's wellness of the planet or the body or materials that are used that make you well or make you sick. We have healthy rooms and we worry about what paint is used, what materials are used. So that's where they actually converge. But we are passionate about both. From a wellness perspective, we are super content rich. I mean, we play in the areas of nutrition, of sleep, of longevity, the healing arts from India and Ayurveda and, and Chinese medicine and more recently energy medicine from South America. So we get into many of the alternative wellness modalities that ties into the spiritual wellness piece and whether that's through meditation, yoga or other practices, it kind of all comes together. And as we come out of COVID, as I said about sustainability, it's more important than ever. It's driving business. Our guests are coming to us because of it. It's real. It's not fake wellness, it's very real. We're taking it so seriously that we are moving it into urban environments now through a product that we're calling Six Senses Place, which is a private club that will be focused around wellness, which really is there to connect the dots with our guests who come to our resorts and who embark on a program or two while they're in our resorts that we can give them the ability to continue when they get home. So to create that circle of wellness so that it becomes just an integral part of one's life. And I believe that, you know, it's about changing behavior. It's about shifting lifestyle and, and that the desire is there particularly as a result of what we've been going through the last year, to in fact do that. So I'm super excited about the future of those programs as well as our sustainability agenda. Neil Jacobs, I'm ready to get well with you. I'm ready to travel again <laughs> with you. And I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Let's Go Together again. This is Neil Jacobs, the CEO of Six Senses Hotels, Resorts, Spas, a 2021 Global Vision Award winner with Travel and Leisure. I really appreciate you taking the time. A big, big virtual hug from New York all the way to Singapore. Thank you, Jackie. Always great. Always great to talk to you. That's all for this episode of Let's Go Together, a podcast by Travel and Leisure. I'm Kelly Edwards. Your guest host for this episode was Jacqueline Gifford, Editor-in-Chief of Travel and Leisure. And our guest was Neil Jacobs, CEO of Six Senses Hotels, Resorts, and Spas. Follow Jacqueline on Twitter at Jackie Giff and follow Neil's work at SixSenses.com. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Saab, Danielle Roth, Marvin Yu, and Lene Beck-Sillison. Thanks also to the team at Travel and Leisure, Deanne Kurzerski, Nina Ruggiero, and Tanner Saunders. This show was recorded in Los Angeles, edited in New York City, and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more at travelandleisure.com slash podcast. 
You can find Travel and Leisure on Instagram at Travel and Leisure, on Twitter at Travel Leisure, on TikTok at Travel and Leisure Mag, and you can find me at Kelly Set Go.